It is exactly 7.43 on Metro FM Talk. I'm Tamin Gubeni sitting in for Ayabonga Tawe. For our business wrap this evening, we take a look at our top business stories of the day. And we are joined tonight by Sinesipo Maninjwa, who is a chartered accountant and independent analyst. Thank you for your time this evening. Hi, Tammy. Pleasure to chat to you. Awesome. Now, let's start with the the very first story now. Uh, The Trump, the Donald, made comments about the Federal Reserve earlier on today, and that had a cumulative effect with the rand weakening to around 15 rand, 11 cents to the dollar this afternoon. Give us a little bit of background of exactly what he had to say and why this had such an impact on on the rand. So uh, there's a combination of things that's actually going on with the RAND. Number one, the issues with our SOEs, namely ESCOM reporting results. Number two, with specifically with Trump, he has gone out on an all-out war against the Federal Reserve, the U.S. Fed, should I say. And, of course, the trade war with China, because um, a couple of days ago, you would have seen that the Chinese retaliated for the first time and said that they were going to cut a purchase of um, uh, of they were going to cut purchase of agricultural products which can hurt the US economy right so yeah so they've um, it's one of those things of we, we are waiting to see who's going to blink first um, the third, I think it, it just basically works out to the fact that um, Trump has got a specific agenda he would like to push mainly um lower interest rates, lower interest rates, and he feels that they're not um, taking advantage of the increased growth prospects in the U.S. going forward. But yeah, we'll see what's going on. And and also you touched on this briefly as well, the effect of um, ESCOM's reporting results. And I actually did touch on that. I chose that as one of my top stories for today. But perhaps let's look at that in, in greater detail. What exactly ESCOM is asking government to do in relation to its debt? Break that down for us. If you look at where ESCOM is, specifically to look at the interest bill as well as their debt, their debt is so, the quantum of debt is in such a way that is so way that there's no way that ESCOM can repay it back. Added to the fact that they're going to court to challenge nurses' um, nurses' uh, approval of their tariffs, you've got a situation where ESCOM has to restructure their balance sheet. There's just no other way. And um, through various statements by the um, Minister of Finance and the President himself, um, there has been um, sort of the focus being that you cannot let ESCOM fail. So they're pretty much throwing money at it. You've got to think, in the beginning of the year, they get ESCOM how many billions? Uh, now, a couple months later, more billions. So what you have to do is you've got to look at possibly, because, you know, you did, the president did announce the uh, splitting up of ESCOM, but that's uh, three to five years away. So you've got to look at converting some of the debt instruments to um, equity. Maybe that has been an option specifically because the PIC is the largest holder of ESCOM debt. And yeah, it, it, it just for me, ESCOM presents um, a balance sheet risk for the government and a money drain. 
Uh, certainly. Now, let's take a look at another story that, that was um, you know, quite topical today. The fact that the South African Chamber of Commerce and Industry has said that government needs to act. Uh, and this in relation to the fact that uh, South Africa's July business confidence has dipped. What are some of the factors that have led to this drop in confidence? There was an increase in the business in business confidence, mainly post election. So you, after the election, you and specifically you sort of have a certainty, specifically when it comes to election. So it went up specifically just post election. Everything settled. Now we've got a bit of a reality check. You've got um, a public protector who's basically an all-out war with your president. You've got. Uh, a non-unified ruling party. In other words, we can all see that there's significant mess going on. And you've also got, there's no clarity in terms of what's happening with the SOEs, specifically because it's just they've just completed their reporting season and basically um, everyone basically needs more money. Um, you've got, we just, we just, 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 uh, we just have the technical recession, as I like to call it. Um, Bad. You've got weakened unemployment numbers. All of these, it's sort of like what you would describe as the perfect storm of bad news. So you've got to ask yourself, well, what sort of good news there has to be? And that's why I think um, the business chamber has sort of like have very have very sternly said there's something that needs to be done. You can reference this same. Um, a footing of this and needs to be done by the recent release of Nedbank results where the CEO Mike Brown said that if there's something that needs to be done, decisive action as they like to call it. You know, you, you would have heard um, the Saki CEO Alan Mukoki saying that the government needs to ensure that state-owned enterprises specifically are managed through through competent management, but most importantly through independent management. Um, and and the fact that a, a large part of the, the 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 downward spiral in business confidence is the fact that political appointees are the ones that are in charge of municipalities and are the ones that are in charge of SOE. Uh, but what is the likelihood of a turnaround in this situation? I don't think it has to do with um, technically political appointment. I think they've got it wrong there. Um, I think it more has to do with the fact that they are costing us money. SOEs are not a problem in itself. As long as there, there are plenty of SOEs, government has hundreds of companies, but there just happen to be 10 who keep asking for money. <laughs> that, that, that's just the issue. That is just the issue. So, but, for but, me, but is, but is, it's not not necessarily it, them um, who who's who's running the show. It's more to do with the fact that they don't must not cost us money, and that's not necessarily a function of political appointments. I think it's unfair to say it's completely on political appointments. If you look at the structure of SOE, specifically in the South African context, there is a lot of structural deficiencies in existence already that had nothing to do with political appointments but more to do with how they were structured and how the fact that there hasn't been reformed to change the structure going forward. And and you will remember as well um, the the complaints that seem to be consistent of political interference even within those SOEs. So even when competent individuals are found to be at the helm of turnaround strategies, those are never quite implemented and there always seems to be some sort of political interference somewhere along the way. 
Yes. So specifically, you've got to look at the fact that at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about political appointment. You can say the same thing about SAA, ESCOM, including SABC, not to cause any shade, have all been, have all said, all management, senior executives have all said there needs to be a reduction of staff. That has been blocked by government due to the economic crisis. So would you call that political interference? the detriment of the entity or um, an act to not to cause further job bloodbath. So you've got to be clear when we, when we talk about political interference, every single ruling party, party globally always makes political appointments. That's not the problem in terms of principle. And that, that's the principle followed even in the Western Cape and every single other country. The issue being is that can, if management takes decisive action, will government, uh, will government support them in the action taking? So you've got to look at Vuyani's um, uh, resignation letter, specifically when he said he was leaving SAA. He was quite clear that a plan had been developed, but there hadn't been government support. That was no interference. That was no necessity. It was quite simply all about the fact that he was like, there was a plan in place, but the plan, there was no support for the plan. But what, what I'd like us to do, Sinisipa, we're going to go for a quick break. And when we come back, um, you know, continue on this as well as other top stories of the day. Let's uh, maybe take a look at Naspers as well and uh, the direction that they will be taking. It is exactly 7.51 on Metro FM Talk. This is the business wrap. Uh, joining us is a chartered accountant and independent analyst, Sinisipo Maninja. We'll be back just after this. It is exactly 7.53 on Metro FM Talk. This is our business wrap. We're joined on the line by Sinisipo Maninjo, a chartered accountant and independent analyst. Just before the break, um, Sinisipo, we, we were speaking about the fact that the SA Chamber of Commerce and Industry has said that government needs to act uh, because the business confidence has once again dipped. And you'll remember that uh, Business Unity South Africa uh, also said, uh, this was about last month or so, that the economy is in a worse state than it was because of government's reluctance to take hard decisions that are needed in, uh, you know, to stabilize public financing and to create conducive uh, conditions that will aid economic growth. Uh, are, are you in agreement with that? Or do you share the same view? Yes, I'm all about decisive action because for me, inaction, which is what's been happening, if you look at the timeline from the state of the nation in the beginning of the year to where we are right now, we've had relatively a lack of action and for me, decisive leadership. You just, if it needs to be, you need to be decisive about it because for me, a, a lot of part of business confidence is certainty of direction. So, if you if you act and you act swiftly, business confidence tends to rise just on you acting. It may not be the best decision, but the fact that you are decisive about it, and you also have to be quite unapologetic about it. Because for me, for me, President Ramaphosa needs to look at the fact that you're not in election year. You've got at least you're not in an election year. You've got at least two to three years of no electioneering. That gives you, that means you need to execute on the mandate that people have given you and you need to be unapologetic. Business grows as long as there's certainty and there's a framework and an environment that enables business to grow. 
So you've got to, so you've got to create, you've got to have that level of base before we can start dealing with our huge problems, which is specifically mean slow growth and unemployment. Now, I'd like us, uh, Sinisipo, to wrap up with um, our last business story for today. And, and this is the possibility that Naspers may get an indirect stake in Universal Music. Break this down for us. Yes. Um, so, uh, Naspers uh, Significant Investment Tencent is looking to buy um, Vivid um, 10% stake in Universal Music, which is one of the largest um, music um, record labels globally, like worldwide. Mm. Um, so, Naspers, through its share, effectively will have about 3%. If you do the math, give or take. Uh, for me, this is good news. This is good news. Unfortunately, it won't be benefiting South Africa because, as you know, NASP is, is uh, soon to, specifically the international entities are soon to be listed overseas. But just from where NASP is, it's a very, for me, it's a great investment. You've got to look at the fact that record companies up until three years ago were not profitable ventures. With the growth of music streaming, they're now back in the black. And in a big way, so even if you look at Universal Music Group's um, earnings, they have quadrupled in the past three years alone. So for me, it's great investment. It's sort of it's in line with NASPERS, the Internet of Things, because that's where the music industry is actually going to, which is more of an online digital presence. And, and and what's quite interesting here is you know not only is is it big in um, you know the US and and in Europe, but but growth was also quite exponential in, in China as well. So a global footprint there and and global progression all around. Yeah, that's the thing. It's music music is the one thing that unifies all of us. You've got people listening to Drake in China and in Transkei, so it literally. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about no boundaries. That's no that, that's certainly and really talking about no boundaries. You yourself are about to embark on um, yet another interesting venture. Uh, I understand that you've got a new podcast series that that you'll be launching this month. So tell us more about that. Yes, we've just just launched. We had our first episode drop today. It's called um, the Status Quo Conversations, and it is a space for Black professional women to gather for us to engage and to also chat and talk. So the first episode we talked about was love and the upcoming episodes we're going to be talking about career. Specifically, we're having a caucus of uh, black professionals, black female professionals from various levels. And then we're going into mental health business. The idea is to create a platform for women to share our experiences and also to sort of like serve as places where we can learn from each other as well. Not talking down to each other, talking with each other, which is, I think, the very critical part of the conversation that I always think is missing. So obviously, I mean, I hear from your first topic, um, love. It's it's a holistic approach to life. So you're not just dealing with business stories. You're dealing about, you're dealing with everything. Yes, because I think that, I think if you look at the way the media have, has presented um, specifically, your consumer magazines have presented black women and what are the struggles to with us. It's always how to keep a man, how do you know if he still loves you, and always man bashing, which is where I didn't want to take the conversation to. We are sharing our experiences. We are learning from each other. We talk about how what we find and what we should do better. 
and what can we change? Because we are living in this new age and a lot of the things that the structures of the relationships we saw growing up are not necessarily a, a template for us to follow going forward because of the change in economic structure. Mm. So those are the things that we actually want to, to talk about, the things that we want to bring across specifically. That's why we call it the status quo conversation, is to just bring that level of engagement across. And yeah, and we also, you should actually listen to the spiritual one. We talk about, one of the ladies talked about, I think you would agree, that in your partner you should seek to find God's love, which I thought was very, very important because I sometimes think that in the relationship talk, people forget the importance of uh, spirituality. Mm, and that really is, I guess, the core of, of everything. But where does one access uh, the podcast? How do, we, how do we access them? So you can access them on SoundCloud and we're available on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. But I'll ask the team to uh, drop the link so that everyone can follow. Literally called the status quo conversation. Okay, brilliant. Well, Sinesipa, it was awesome talking to you and a great time to launch as well, uh, being Women's Month. Uh, you know, what is the status quo as far as women are concerned? And what are the conversations that women uh, are having with each other on every area and every aspect of life? Thank you so much for our conversation this evening. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, Sinusi Paul Maninjwa, the Chartered Accountant and Independent Analyst. And she's just launched her new podcast called The Status Quo Conversations. She says she'll drop us a link. So as soon as that link becomes available, look, what we'll do is make sure that we put it up on um, our Metro uh, FM uh, Twitter page. And uh, you can also access that, find out more about mental health, career, love, business, you name it, you'll get it there. It's just uh, one minute after eight o'clock on Metro FM Talk. On the other side of this, uh, we'll get into our tech conversations as we focus on women and the fourth industrial revolution.